Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. This can't be the end, can it? Will Saturday be the final time we see Larry Fitzgerald play at State Farm Stadium? Only one person knows the answer to that question. The opponents on Saturday, the 49ers. This is certainly not the same 49ers team the Cardinals faced in week one. A lot. I mean a lot of changes. Also, another first for Kyler Murray. What else is new? It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 377, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So you never want to miss a phone call from your boss. Because when you do, you get that feeling like, uh-oh, I must have done something. And that's the exact same feeling Buda Baker had when he missed the phone call earlier this week from owner Michael Bidwell, who wanted to tell Baker that he had made the Pro Bowl. Buda Baker explaining this earlier today, MJ, and we've all been in that situation. You miss that important phone call and you think the worst. Yet for Baker, it was, well, the best of news. Yet Baker did say, quote, oh, what did I do? I know I didn't do anything. I hope I don't have COVID, end quote. And in this day and age, yeah, you get a phone call from a higher up within the organization. That's probably what everyone is thinking. Yeah, I would think Tom Reed handles that stuff. Uh, you know, Michael obviously is involved in a lot of different things, but he, he you know, he allows those guys to do their job. Yeah, I, I agree with you. When you miss that phone call, you're like, okay, uh, let's trace my 20, last 24 hours, 48 hours. Um, was it something I said or something I did? But Michael's, he, he's been accustomed to doing this over the years. I remember when he car- called Carson Palmer on FaceTime and told me he was going to go to the Ring of Honor. And so we we could see something on uh, the uh, flight plan or maybe just a video because he, do, he does a really good job with the you know, calling them and, and letting them know they made it and be interesting to see how college reaction is. But Michael has done that. You just, and again, FaceTime, you would see both parties or because of COVID, I don't know if anybody would be in his office with a camera. Yeah. With those phone calls, it's always, you like to capture that moment of good news because sometimes and most times when you do get that phone call, it's uh Oh, uh, what do I have to do now? But uh, the good news is Buda Baker getting to the Pro Bowl for the third time in his career, second straight year as a safety. All right, just had to share that antidote because we kind of like to put these athletes on pedestals and they're no different than you and I. Well, sometimes they do have the same feelings as you and I. I mean, it's everyday life and they're no different than uh, us. They just happen to have skill sets that uh, not a lot of people around the world have. And that's why they're able to do what they do on Sundays. Speaking of Sunday, what Kyla Murray did last Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles, a career-high 406 passing yards, three touchdowns, plus a rushing touchdown. First player in history to have nine games in a season in which he ran and passed for a touchdown. Those numbers, MJ, Kyla Murray, honored once again, third time this season, NFC Offensive Player of the Week, and a franchise first for a Cardinals player to be named three times in one season. Remarkable. And you got to think he's going to get one or two every year. I mean, 
you know, again, they're still learning the position and, you know, you got to give them a lot of credit, uh, Kingsbury, and, and, and really the entire offense. I mean, they've all bought in. They trust each other. So, um, yeah, I mean, he had his hand on, what, four touchdowns in that game? Correct. Now, he did turn the ball over, um, but 403 yards. And, again, when I looked at the end of the game, I think they totally had 526 maybe. And I thought, wow, that was a silent 403. But once again, they did take some shots down the field. I think we pointed out they had eight plays over 20 yards. Um, and some were not just 20 and 22 and 23. And that's what's missing from the offense. And it's all based on matchups. And when you're playing a team that doesn't have their top two corners uh, and they lose their safety, and, um, you're going to attack that area. So well-deserved Um you know, I know you want to get into about DeAndre Hopkins and what he accomplished. It was a surprise to me just because leaving that game on Sunday, it didn't strike me that, well, one, it's a huge performance, but it didn't it didn't stand out. The numbers stand out, but the performance overall, because you factor in the two turnovers, didn't stand out to be offensive player of the week. Earlier, you brought up Ezekiel Turner as far as special teams player of the week. That's the name that I was waiting to hear when the press release was announced this morning. More on Turner in a moment. But yeah, Hopkins, he had nine catches, 169 yards, one touchdown. Seven of his catches went for first down. So on the surface, yes, he's been honored for an offensive player of the week earlier this season. I just thought maybe if anyone was going to be getting an honor for their performance on Sunday, it was going to be Ezekiel Turner. I was surprised. Uh, you know, it seems like right around 530, uh, Darren Urban or Mark Dalton will tweet something out. Uh, you gave me a heads up on that. Um, but I was I, first thing I looked and it said Kyler Murray. And I'm like, wow. Now, what's interesting, Craig, and I sent you a graphic of all the NFC players of the week. And the Cardinals have six. Seahawks have the five and then me, the Rams have six, but Michael uh, Dixon from Seattle, his punt average was over 50 yards, but it wasn't like I, I'm with you. I wasn't, I wasn't impressed. I looked at his numbers, four yeah. punts all inside the 20 along a 57 yards. Heck he won the award back in week two. So it's not like he hasn't been honored this season. That's why I'm stumping for Zeke to get it because of a punt block and a 26 yard catch on a fake punt. If he wins that award, MJ, then the Cardinals will have had an offensive, defensive, and special teams player of the week. The Seahawks, Rams, and Buccaneers, the only three teams in the league that can stake that claim. So the Cardinals have two more weeks for someone on special teams to get that honor so they can join that exclusive club. Well, it was going to be Kyler, and again, I don't know if Zeke was in the top three, but they're not going to give it to two guys on one team. True. So they spread it out. That, and that's, I think that's, I mean, you'd have to win 77 to nothing and the defense pitch a shutout and somebody had two uh, pick sixes. So I think at the end of the day, you know, Murray's the bigger name, um, but we know, we know, I think Cardinal fans know how much Zeke Turner means to this team. And I'm glad he's getting a chance to play on defense because he's, I, he's got the uh, size He's got the speed. He's got the physicality. Um, you know, he's down there covering kicks. So, but I just think, you know, Kyler's a bigger name and he had four, uh, he had a hand in four touchdowns on over 403 yards and he had another rushing touchdown. 
Yeah, but he had won the award two times previous. We're going to spread it Russell out. Russell Wilson out won the players. Russell Wilson won the award twice. Hopkins only once. Aaron Donald, I think, has only won it once. Leonard Floyd won it. Robert Woods won it. Their punter won it. The note on Murray now, the three-player of the week selections this season, second most in the league. Josh Allen has won the award four times for the Buffalo Bills. And just a refresher, Murray won the award following his week five game in New York against the Jets and week seven when the Cardinals played in Seattle. So Kyler Murray, well on his way. He's already made a franchise first for a single season Player of the Week awards. And he is going to, at some point, probably next year, surpass the franchise record for most Player of the Week awards for their career. Right now, Murray's got four. Kurt Warner has the most with five. So I think at the end of his career, much like a Larry Fitzgerald, Kyler Murray's going to have his name atop many, if not all, of the records when it comes to quarterbacks of the Arizona Cardinals or the Cardinals franchise. I got to assume since there's 16 opportunities, you know, you look at a four or three year span, that's 48 games. I got to think he's going to be in double digits within the next two or three years. Especially if he keeps up this pace and he still hasn't reached his potential yet. He's been awarded four times. He's had at least four games in two years in which the league has said, you were the best offensive weapon on a Sunday or Monday. And I think that speaks volumes because he's not satisfied. He was asked by our colleague Darren Urban earlier this week about, you know, have you reached your personal goals that you have set out before the season? And it was a one word response. No. So I don't know what his goals were. I know it's always about winning and maybe he hasn't won enough, but he is never satisfied. And I think that is what you want in an NFL player, especially your alpha male with the quarterback position never to be satisfied unless you're walking off that field at the end of January or the start of February because you just won the Super Bowl. All right, let's guess. Maybe throwing for 4,500 yards. I think he wanted to be at least uh, three to one touchdowns to interceptions. Um, again, he only had four rushing touchdowns last year. He has 11 right now. So when we look at Cam Newton that year, he won the MVP. Um, he had 35 touchdowns and then 10 rushing, so that's 45. And we know that Carson Palmer had a really good year. So I think when you start looking at it, we know Mahomes put up 50 and Peyton Manning and Brady were there. Um, but I think when you look at the totality of the rushing and throwing, I would think he wanted he wanted more. And, and when you're in that MVP race, now you start getting the double-digit wins, and he was in that for a while. I think it's a two-team race right now, our two-man race with uh, Mahomes and Rodgers. And it's a regular season award, so it's not going to matter what they do in the postseason. But, yeah, you know. Um, but I, I do think in the future, I mean, he's he's going to be set up for this. And, and and we're not just saying this. They tell us every week they leave one or two touchdowns on the field or three or four plays. They're still learning, and they're learning on, on the fly here. I mean, not on the fly. They're learning in real games where teams are trying to beat them. So it's only going to get better. As long as he can stay healthy, they're only going to add to this offense. And, and that's why I really like what Cliff's doing in the second half of the season, uh, maybe more after a losing streak, because he, he, he realizes the talent he has on that offense. And we're starting to see some of the, um, the upside and what it can be maybe not this season, possibly in the postseason, but next year.
I'll add a goal for Kyler, and that is 4,000 passing yards, 1,000 rushing yards, which has never been done from the quarterback position. And that was something that I wasn't aware of until, what was it, I think the second month of the season when he was on pace for that. And StatWiz, my account manager media relations, started doing some digging and figured out that, hey, wait, this has never been done before. And I think that is would be a personal goal for Kyler Murray. And when you talk about numbers. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I agree with that. And he was on pace for that. But I'm, I'm sure that's you know, over 4,000. We can get into 4,500. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I was shocked when I, I just assumed Lamar had over 1,000 yards. He was like at nine something, like 980. Or something. He was close. Maybe it was 890. Those numbers stick out to me. But I, I, I was kind of surprised that he didn't have over 1,000 yards, uh, Lamar Jackson. Right now, Kyler Murray with 36. 137 passing yards, 741 rushing yards. So not gets, out of the question, but that's back-to-back games of at least 100 rushing yards. And I just I just don't know if that's possible yeah. against the 49ers and against the Rams. And the way they're throwing the football, yeah. True. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah. But I do think if he gets two 300-yard games, he'll get the 4,000, right? Correct. He would just okay. need one – Maybe 350, maybe a four. How about a 400 yard passing game? That would certainly put him over the top at 4,000. Yeah, but I'm just saying two games to get. I don't know if it's 250 or 300 yards, but he that that's that's achievable. It's not like we're saying he's got to throw for 700 yards in two games. That's that's difficult. 350 and 350. He'll have an opportunity to do so against the 49ers coming up on Saturday. And for those Cardinal fans that want to watch that game, the good news is it will be televised locally. Fox 10 will have the local broadcast. So if you're in markets, in Maricopa County, in the state of Arizona, you're all good. If you are out of state, here's how you can watch the game. Because this game on Saturday, part of a triple header the day after Christmas, is going to be streamed exclusively on Amazon Prime Video and Twitch. Now, if you're an Amazon Prime member, you get the game at no additional cost. If you're not a Prime member, you can sign up or start a 30-day free trial by visiting amazon.com slash prime. That's amazon.com slash prime. Again, it's not going to cost you anything. You sign up for a free trial, and then you can cancel. If you just want to watch the Arizona Cardinals against the 49ers here in week 16, a game in which the Cardinals very much should win. We'll get into that here in a moment. But I do want to point out something else that happened earlier here on this Wednesday. And we got a chance to hear from the other pro bowler of the Arizona Cardinals. We have heard from Kyler Murray. We have heard from Buda Baker. And we also heard now from DeAndre Hopkins. And it wasn't so much what he said about making the pro bowl. It is something that has been talked about since what, maybe week three, week four, Oh, training is, camp. What are you talking about? Oh, well, that, yeah, that's right. You know what? That's true. That we didn't <laughs> <you're right> forget <laughs> how quickly we forget things here in this 2020 season. And uh, yeah, a lot of different things. But you're right. We don't see number 10 in training camp. We don't see number 10 during practice, yeah. at least on I said, Wednesdays. what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins has heard secondhand about people complaining criticizing we've talked about it here on Cardinals cover two and I made the point very early on based off his production on Sundays I don't care if he practices at all during the week that's me but there are others that feel differently and according to Hopkins when he was asked about his lack of practice time 
said he doesn't pay attention to television, radio, local TV, local newspapers, but he has heard of the, quote, negativity from his grandfather. So this was fascinating. (laughs) The response from Hopkins was to those who might criticize him, quote, there's a reason that I play football and they watch. People are in positions for a reason, end quote. And then he had the ultimate mic drop at the end of his Zoom session. One final parting shot to those who criticize him, quote, come watch me play the game, end quote. The numbers back him up, MJ. We talked about this last week. I was told that, you know, he doesn't practice on Wednesdays. Um, now, a short week or maybe playing on a Thursday night football, that, that's a heavy um, install day, whether it's a walkthrough because the body's playing the previous Sunday. But I was told there's on Thursdays, now he may not be out there for the 20-minute open portion of practice, but I, they, they have packages for him between like 14 and 20, I was told. And, he's, and he is out there on a Thursday. I don't know, you know, how how much more he does, but the, the, he does come out. So, and that's that could have been happening um, since week one, but I was told that basically you guys are all wrong. Um, yeah, that's what I was told. And he does come out here. You guys just don't see it. Well, and which we is fair. About- I mean, I get it. I'm not, I'm not disputing it. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not like questioning it. It's hard to argue based on what we've seen him do seven times. He's had 100 yard receiving games. He is second in the league in catches. He is first in the league in receiving yards. He has six touchdowns. He has perhaps the play of the year, not just for the Cardinals, but the entire NFL, and that would be the Hale Murray. You can't argue with the results. I understand why people would like to see him practice because they say practice makes perfect, although the correct response is perfect practice makes perfect. But you do during the week, shows up on Sundays, But there are just some guys who can, when the lights come on, they perform at their best. And DeAndre Hopkins, in very short order with the Arizona Cardinals, and really going all the way back to his time with the Houston Texans and even at Clemson, he is always there when that game kicks off, and he is always at his best. There is no one better in his mind, and a lot of the times it's true. There is no better wide receiver on that particular Sunday. And I agree with everything you said. But to me, it's it's just it, it, you know when we look at objects, it's a bad look. I mean, I, I understand it. he shows up and plays. I get it. But you know, all these conversations taking place on the sidelines that could be taking place on the practice field. But conversations always happen on the sidelines. I know not not as much as I, I didn't see that as much last year. Based off television footage, though. No, but I'm at the game. I I can see it. But I think guys I, I are always talking. Coaches, yeah, I, players. I get that. I mean, maybe adjustments. It's more, maybe it's been a little bit more animated this season because yeah, the first Because year. they, they want to get it right. I mean, but the way to do that is reps, reps, reps. And, again, give them a whole offseason to be a lot better the next year. But I, I just think it, it, the objects. Other guys are out there practicing. And they, now they're not the highest paid uh, player in the NFL at wide receiver position. Um, but they're also, you know, earning their stripes to try to get a contract a lot lesser. So – Again, I, I understand what everything you said is exactly right, but I'm just saying from the object standpoint, um, you would like to see the less com- less conversations. Now, you're right. Everyone comes back, the position coaches, you see that, 
Now, Larry told him last week, hey, this play can work. Maybe two plays later, Cliff calls the play. I get that. But a lot of those conversations take place on the practice field. Hey, get a little deeper on your route. Come back to the ball. We know Kyler can make the throw from the hash mark on the right to, to all the way to the left side on a comeback route. So, But I get it. Uh, I understand it. He shows up on game day, and that's the most important thing. He has earned based off his play, not this season, but in previous years. And I don't know what he did every single week when he was with Houston, but based off his performances, he has earned the right to skip a practice or two. And as Cliff Kingsbury mentioned, or maybe it was general manager Steve Kime on with Doug and Wolf on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station, Hopkins knows his body. He knows it better than anyone else what he needs to do to get ready for that week's game. And if that means not being out on the practice field, then he's not on the practice field. He is, though, out there for walkthroughs. He is there out there for film study. But just during that media availability, sometimes we don't see number 10. Yeah, I mean, it, it basically comes down to th- this guy's, uh, he's a baller. I mean, he's a gamer. I mean, games, I mean, he's a gamer. I mean, every, if they wanted to target him 12 to 15 times a game, they could. But even better now, they're moving him around. Slot, X, uh, crossing routes. Yeah, he, he's, he's a gamer. There's, you cannot dispute that. He is a gamer and he's balling on game day. Now, we also know that his teammate, Larry Fitzgerald, is always out there. And when we don't see number 11, that becomes a story because even when he's, quote unquote, not practicing, he's always out there as another coach. He's always instructing. But that is just his personality. And we can't assume that that is going to be the personality of every player on the team. To that point, I think we have been spoiled by what we have seen on and off the field from Larry Fitzgerald, because I think that is rare, not just for an athlete but for a human being to be that conscious of your own image and then wanting to uplift everyone else. It's, it's almost like he's, and he's not, but the perfect football player talking about Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. I, I had a conversation with a player a few weeks ago and he said, these guys that are coming in the NFL now, now hop hop's been in the league eight years. He said, there's just a lot of me and, and I, like, and, and I always told you in the past, Corey Chavis told me there's two players that get in the NFL. One, the shield. They don't want to be good. They want to be great. And the second word he used was loot. Guys are motivated for the money, the lifestyle, the status, the cars, you know. So, again, everyone's a little bit different. Um, but, um, again, he's a gamer. So, and, and we, 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 we've been spoiled. Anquan Bolden never wanted to miss a practice. Steve Breston uh, never wanted to miss a practice. David Boston, he wanted to miss practice. There's just certain guys, but, um, you know, but I, I, I make, want to make it clear, though, this guy, he's beloved in the locker room. He gets along with everyone. He, he spoke very highly of DJ Humphreys today, you know, and, and you're talking about a wide receiver and a, and a in a left tackle. He thinks he's one of the better left tackles. He would know he had Dwayne Brown and Laramie Tunsil uh, when he was in Houston. So, yeah. But again, when you pull the curtains back, he shows up on game day. That is correct. And he will be there on Saturday when the Cardinals host the 49ers in what will be a home home game for both teams as the 49ers continue their stay here in Arizona. Now, something you were getting, I think you were getting into, Larry Fitzgerald has a groin injury. Correct. So he, he wasn't out there today. And, and you know, at that age, he, 
he's in meetings. Um, you know, he's, I don't, he could be there in the walkthrough or he's getting treatment, but uh, another gamer, he'll be there. He'll be uh, available. He's not going to miss this game. And that's the question that I wanted to get into because it hasn't been talked a lot about. It is Christmas week. It's a little bit different of a week and there just hasn't been much availability for these players given COVID-19. We're not in the locker room, so we don't know exactly what is being discussed. You know, you can pull aside a player or two and kind of ask the question because this Saturday, week 16, we have to ask the question, MJ, is this the final regular season home game for Larry Fitzgerald? His 17th season, will there be an 18th season? And only one person knows the answer to that question. And he's not telling anyone. And that would be Fitz. Yeah. And, you know, even if they get to the postseason, it's, it's not going to be like the 2008 run. There, there's it's a, um, a, impossible's strong word or well, never. If finish as the seventh seed, it's an impossibility that they would have a home game. Correct. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I, this could be it. I mean, like you said, he's the only one that knows. I just know how important getting back to the postseason is for him, and and, and that would be the uh, cherry on the Sunday. Um, again, I don't know if he'll take time if he already is, is thinking, because you know, over the last couple of years, they say when you start thinking about retirement, you do it. But he 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 loves the locker room, he loves the process, and he loves playing on Sundays, and he he likes his platform he has here in Arizona. So he only, he only wanted to play for one team, and I respect that. Um, but I, I, I think it's a, a possibility uh, that this f- could be his final home game, yes. And I know we've been asking this question for, what, the last three or four seasons? He's basically been on one-year contracts now for a handful of seasons, so it always is a question. It always gets asked, and Fitz never lets on. My only thing about this season because there have been no fans in attendance and there will be a handful of family and friends, but that stadium needs to be packed. You need to have 60, 65,000 fans in attendance to give Fitz the proper send off. And he's just not going to have that this season. Now, is that a reason to come back in 2021? So you get that send off. No, he doesn't care about any of that stuff. I just think it's what we as fans of number 11 feel that we should do and give to him as an appreciation, as a thank you for 17 seasons or 18 seasons or 19 seasons. It certainly would be a great moment for Arizona Cardinals fans. And at the end of the day, I think Fitz would agree for him as well. Well, clearly just based on, uh, you know, this, this team, you know, if they can win out, uh, they're in a postseason, So you, you would have a jacked up crowd, but, I don't think Larry would ever do a victory lap again. And, and I don't think we're going to hear from him if he de- does decide to hang it up. Um, I'm sure it's going to be on the player's tribune when she has a piece up. it could be Jim Trotter. It could be coming from the Cardinals, but I don't, it's not, and he'll be at the Super Bowl, I assume because he works for Westwood one on game day he has a really good relationship with Jim Gray. Um, he told me he will not go on the radio row. Um, so he hasn't now if he makes his decision between, between after the season and, and the Super Bowl, but I don't think we're going to see Larry Fitzgerald for a while. Now I know Mr. Bidwell, Michael Bidwell has a great relationship with them. Um, and I would think Michael would want to bring him back in the ring of honor, but Larry kind of gave me this impression, Craig, that until he gets in the pro football hall of fame, he really doesn't want to uh, do anything, but I don't, I don't, you may see him at son's games. If you're fortunate to be able to go there on TV 
Uh, maybe he, he won't be courtside, um, but he's got so much other outside interest. And, I, and I, he always told me that his second career is going to be better than his first, and that's going to be hard to, to top. I know production-wise it hasn't been the same this season or even the last couple of seasons, although last year he was the leading receiver, and this year he's got the third most catches on the team. But there's not a big difference between the second leading receiver and the third leading receiver on the Cardinals when you have a DeAndre Hopkins. So Fitz can still produce. He's just not producing or being targeted at a high level. So I think he still could be productive if he chooses to come back. There is no way am I saying that Fitz needs to walk away. I still think he has it in him to be a productive player at this level if he wants to. That's always been the question. It's on him, not the fact that, oh, I feel like I owe it to you. But I just think that we, as fans, would like to give Fitz a proper send-off. That's what my feeling is, and it's just been such a weird year that you don't have these mass gatherings. They're not allowed. It's not proper. It's not right. Uh, we want to stay healthy. Yet at the same time, it would be, I think, a huge disappointment for me personally. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself here that the final time we see Larry Fitzgerald in an Arizona Cardinals uniform at State Farm Stadium, there is no one there to give him a proper applause, a proper cheer, standing ovation as he walks off that field this Saturday. Yeah, I, I really didn't think about that, but you're, it's right. Uh, and we'll see. Uh, um, we've been blessed. We've been spoiled. Um, you know, there's a lot of great athletes and some talk a good games. Some don't have to have cameras around to, to see what they do in a certain community. Um, but this is his home. Yeah, he grew up in, was born in Minnesota, but this is his home. He's raising his, his, his family and his kids here, so. Yeah, we've been spoiled, Craig. And, you know, he's one of the greatest guys I've ever got a chance to cover. You know, um, you know, I had a good relationship with Josh McCown and Darnell Dockett and, you know, some of those other guys. But, um, you know, not not to single anybody out. Adrian Wilson, I enjoyed covering him. He, he was a guy that kept it real. Corey Peters. I mean, there's guys that you look to and say, man, they're, they're going to miss these guys. But we'll hope for the best. And I know he's at peace though, when it comes to the NFL, I could, I could say that. I know he's at peace. Uh, meaning like there's nothing else that he, he, he has to have any regrets, you know, get the 50 catches that, you know, Rice played 20 years. So he, he would be tied with him with 17 years. Um, but getting back to the postseason, I, I think that's very important on his list. If this is it's on Saturday, you couldn't have asked for a better opponent for Larry Fitzgerald. This will be his 34th game against the 49ers. And you look over those first 33 games, 186 catches, 2,415 receiving yards, 19 touchdowns. Those numbers are the most against the 49ers by any one individual. And Fitz, over the last five seasons, has at least one touchdown catch against the 49ers. So if he wants to keep that streak alive, he needs one this Saturday, and he still needs two catches for 50 on the season, which would be a 17th straight season of 50 or more catches. So some milestones to pay attention to on Saturday for number 11, and we'll keep our fingers crossed, MJ, that this is not the final time we see number 11 at State Farm Stadium. And and, and, and I think it's worthy of pointing out. So Arians decides he's going to retire and then they hire Steve Wilkes, knowing his defensive-minded coach. But I think Larry was intrigued with Sam Bradford. 
And at the time, David Johnson, you know, was we knew that Wilkes wanted to run the football because how demoralized he can be for a defensive minded head coach. Um, so when you when you look at, you know, but and then they hired Cliff and they draft Kyler. I don't think it, it just because his team's on the rise. I think he, I believe he's really passed the baton to Kyler Murray. Um, this is your team. Patrick Peterson said you're the CEO of this team. So um, when, it, when it's all said and done, I, I, I just think that, you know, it's, it's going to be a sad day. We, when we can sit here and talk for hours about Larry Fitzgerald, his first catch of flea flicker from Josh McCown against Aeneas Williams. We can talk about the hundredth catch, the, the Super Bowl run, you know, what he did in the postseason in 2008. But I, ju I just think at the end of the day, um, it's about him getting back to the postseason. But I don't think he has any regrets uh, on the way his career has unfolded. Bird Gang, the Cardinals have partnered with Gila River Hotels and Casinos to bring you the 12 Days of Giveaways. Visit azcardinals.com slash 12 days to find out how you can win prizes like a custom jersey, autographed footballs, or a two-night stay in the Cardinals fanatic room at Wild Horse Pass or V. Cueva Casino. Visit azcardinals.com slash 12 days for details. Again, that's azcardinals.com slash 12 days. It is a Wednesday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We have waited this long. We do want to touch on the opponent for this Week 16 contest. Again, Saturday, 2.30 p.m. is the kickoff. 9.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. We will have Mike Jarecki's three keys for a victory and the always popular X Factor. That will come your way tomorrow short week with the game on Saturday and the Christmas day holiday. So a football Friday will be a football Thursday this week here on Cardinals cover two, but let's look quickly at this 49ers team. They are five and nine Cardinals have not seen them MJ since week one, September 13th. I went back and looked at that week one game notes and also the final stats because the number of changes that this 49ers team has had to deal with, whether it was because of injury or COVID-19, we know they're going to be on their third different starting quarterback. C.J. Beathard will get the call on Saturday. And you'll look at the offense. There will be six new starters on offense compared to week one. No Jimmy Garoppolo. No Raheem Mostert. No George Kittle. No Debo Samuel, although he also missed week one as well. Five new starters on defense. Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa, all gone, all injured. You can look at this IR list for the San Francisco 49ers and put together quite a 11-man offense and an 11-man defense. Yeah, 14 guys on IR. And Garoppolo just got cleared, but he's on IR these three weeks, and I don't know what they why they – I guess the biggest question going into this game, the Cardinals do have some familiarity with uh, C.J. Beathard. Uh, Josh Rosen won both of those games, and the other third, third one came in, in Green Bay. Is What's the latest on George Kittle? You know, are we going to finally see Jarrett McKinnon? Or, you know, he's most certain he looks like he's out. So, um, yeah, Kittle's, the, to me, that's the, the weapon. That's the matchup. Um, we know that. You know, their offensive line has been hit and miss, um, and that's where protection goes, and that's open up running lanes. But we know Kyle does a really good job, Kyle Shanahan, of, 
you know, formation, moving guys around, very similar to the Rams where they try to create matchups. And we know in week one, he went after Isaiah Simmons. I don't know if he's going to do that now because it's a little bit different. In week one, you can try that stuff. And obviously they felt like he's learning a new position, even though it was similar to what he did at Clemson. So it's certainly going to look a lot different for the 49ers. We don't know about George Kittle. I would certainly – that one – that would seem to be a big surprise if Kittle does decide to play. There are some question marks as well in that 49ers secondary. Richard Sherman for the second straight day didn't practice. Jimmy Ward didn't practice for the second straight day as the official injury report is out. Yet the number of injuries and the different faces that the Cardinals will see, I think it has more to do, though, with the Arizona Cardinals and what they do and not taking a team that they are clearly more talented in, not only on paper, but on the football field, and just go out and do what they're supposed to do, make this game short, meaning jump out to an early lead, put your foot on them, and then call it a day to where you can just kind of, quote-unquote, have some fun in the fourth quarter. All right, so we do have the injury report. Um, these are the guys that did not practice today. Mason Cole, Darrell Daniels, Chase Edmonds, Larry Fitzgerald, Groin, Dennis Gardeck, Knee, DeAndre Hopkins, not injury-related, Drake Patrick. Guys that were limited. Petko, Reddick did not practice. Max Williams, three guys were limited. Kylie Fitz, Justin Pugh, and Jalen Thompson. Now, it looks like the uh, entire offensive line, uh, Pugh was practicing. He's got this tape on his calf. Wonder if he can go the whole game because I think they would put Murray at right guard and then Justin Pugh back at left guard. So we'll wait and see. And as you mentioned, you went through the, uh, the Niners list. Now it's really the first day, but they're playing on Saturday. So these next couple of days will dictate. And I don't know if fans tipped his hand about Dennis Garde, um, but it doesn't appear he's going to be able to play uh, according to Vance. Now, you know, right now he's working through, um, he hasn't been on the practice field, so I'm sure he's getting treatment. And that's the last guy that wants to miss a game. He'd go out there and play with one arm. Very pessimistic is how I would characterize Vance Jones about Dennis Gardeck. The day earlier, Cliff Kingsbury called Gardeck a game day decision. Joseph asked about Gardeck, quote, we're going to miss Dennis for sure, end quote. And that certainly would be a blow. And I love the way our colleague Darren Urban of azcardinals.com phrased it to Coach Joseph because it was Vance, I'm sure at the beginning of the season, and I'm paraphrasing here, I'm sure at the beginning of the season, you didn't expect to have to answer this question, but what is it going to mean if you don't have a Dennis Gardeck on the field this week? How is that going to affect your pass rush? Those words together would never have come out of anyone's mouth earlier this year. You couldn't have paid anyone to think something like that. Yet here we are, no Chandler Jones. You've got Hassan Reddick with 11 sacks, Gardeck with seven, and playing very, very well in the limited number of snaps that he is getting to where now all of a sudden, if he's not on the field, it's a concern. It's, uh-oh, what are you going to do? Who's going to fill in and step up at that position? You know, I, I got a chance to see Chandler Jones. He was in the parking lot today. Um, I was thinking, oh, could this guy come back for the postseason? <laughs> now, I didn't get a chance to talk to him. I'm just hoping that rehab's on schedule. I mean, obviously the, the worst is behind and now it's just a rehab, which is a grind, but I'm like, man, 55 on the field. Oh man. It's like 
it's like making a trade late in the year and you're getting one of the best players in the NFL, which are lose, never available. You lose Gardeck and you and you replace him with Chandler Jones. You wonder, Chandler, do you think you could fill the shoes of a Dennis Gardeck? Yeah, I'd yeah, you're, you're only going to play. You're only going to play nine snaps a game or thirteen, make it fifteen. Um, you know, I'm sure he would have racked up some sacks based on how Golden and uh, Reddick are playing, and then he. he you get, you know, that front seven right now, they're, they're, they're taking care of their uh, business. Hey, how about that stat that Bobby Mack brought up? I didn't realize that. Cardinals haven't given up a 100-yard rusher this year. That's impressive because, you know, you look at uh, Sanders uh, week before, he had an 82-yard run. We know that, you know, um, you know other backs have, you know, that, that, that decisive speed when you get to the second layer. Now, we know they give up touchdowns. Teddy Bridgewater on a 25-yard run, but interesting – as a, and that's that's a good stat because again you can't stop any everyone but if you're able to contain it you're never going to stop a running game. you got to contain it. It, it that you know whether you know whether it was a long run which could be backbreakers depending on where you are in the game um, but also a team just saying we're going to run the football down your throat because we're going to keep Kyler Murray and I do think teams have done that recently keeping Kyler Murray on the sidelines. Overall, the Cardinals are 17th in defending the run, allowing 119 yards per game. But when you talk about running backs in 2020, and I think maybe over the last couple of years, you don't typically see a lot of running backs hit that century mark per game. Kenyon Drake has done it just once this season, if I remember correctly, but it's running back by committee in which you're getting over 100 yards rushing, not one individual. The 49ers defense have been very good against the run all season long. They've held their last three opponents to under 100 yards rushing. So they're doing a good job of stopping the run. But it is it is a good stat. But I think if you looked at the individual teams and who they had at running back, maybe wouldn't stand out as much. I mean, they didn't play the Vikings this year. Would Dalvin Cook run for over 100 yards? And Derrick Henry, they didn't play him. But those are the only two running backs off the top of my head that consistently – Alan Kamara? Okay, there's okay, yeah, there's another one. There's a handful of running backs that won are, are bell cows. Yes. And, and now they can catch the ball in the backfield too. One that could even get to a hundred yards rushing, or two, and maybe more importantly, be given the opportunity. Yes. The number of carries that it would take to get to a hundred yards rushing. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Tennessee. That's a good call. Uh, look at the Browns between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And Baker's playing a lot better versus its first 10 games. So, yeah, Derrick Henry's a prime example. And you believe you ready for this? The Titans are the number one scoring offense in the NFL. Running the football. And give Tannehill a ton of credit. I mean, he's fit in there. They gave him the long-term deal. You know, you thought he thought maybe his career was going to be a backup. So, yeah, it's it's but you know, teams, you know, I think for the Cardinals' sake, maybe because they've had leads, you know, in the Giants game and the Eagles game and we go back to some of those games they you know even though they haven't been able to put their foot on their throat um, teams have to throw the ball in the second half so you're not running but you're you're exactly right it's not there's only a few bell calls in the league teams are going with multiple backs and you know teams are obviously utilizing the dual set running and, and receiving the football. Now, before the Bird Gang gets too upset, and I failed to mention last week's performance against the Eagles, Miles Sanders, everyone was concerned about him because of what he did against the Saints a week earlier. He only had 64 yards rushing. The Eagles as a team, 117 yards. So, again, it's 
more people running the football. It's just not one individual doing the damage against the Cardinals defense this season. Yeah. And, and, you know, give Jalen Hurts credit, you know, Boston Scott didn't really hurt him, even though they tried to get him involved in her offense. So, yeah, but uh, I mean, for the most part, um, and, and going into that game, Sanders had three plays over 60 yards, let alone an 82 yard touchdown. So they were able to contain him, but uh, I think you can build on it. I think the Saints was at 53 games. They hadn't given up 100 yards. It was like 55, 56. And the Cardinals, they did go against um, Zeke Elliott, um, but they had issues on the offensive line. You couldn't hang on to the football either. Yeah, that's true. And and, and then they had the backup quarterback in there. But we thought going into that game, it could be a shootout with uh, Gallup, uh, CeeDee Lamb, and, and, and Amari Cooper. You know, we thought that could be a shootout on Monday Night Football. Uh, I'm just glad the Cardinals walked away with a victory and Kyler Murray still has an unbeaten record at the Jerry Dome. Bird Gang, if you haven't, we strongly recommend updating to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. Also, a reminder, Saturday's broadcast televised locally on Fox 10 But if you're out of market, it will be streamed live, the exclusive stream on Amazon Prime Video and Twitch. If you're an Amazon Prime member, you get the game at no additional cost. If you're not a Prime member, very simple. Sign up or start a 30-day free trial by visiting Amazon.com slash Prime, Amazon.com slash Prime. And of course, right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network as well. All right, MJ. I hope your Christmas shopping is done because you've got homework. We need three keys and an X factor for Thursday's football Friday Cardinals cover two, if that makes sense here on this short week. That makes total sense. I'll start working on it. Now the sun's played tonight at eight 30. We'll see how long I last there. Hey, Craig, the Valley's starting for a winter Cardinals put themselves in position to make the postseason. you know, they say uh, just get in the dance and, you know, who knows what's going to happen. I think we kind of believe that, but different matchups will keep create different uh, uh, opportunities. But yeah, I mean, uh, the Suns look like they're pointing in the right direction. The Coyotes coming off, uh, you know, a playoff berth and now we'll see what the Diamondbacks do, but we're just starving for a winner in this town. Cardinals right now, if they win on Saturday, they will clinch a winning record. They will pick up their ninth win of the season right now. They are eight and six, four and three at State Farm Stadium. Again, that is a 2.30 kickoff the day after Christmas. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.